This is Eternum Radio. Broadcasting from the peaks of Shattered Mountain to the New World. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Eternum Radio. My name is Slacker, and I am joined again today by my two co-hosts, Big Papa. Howdy. And Ruko. Hey, everyone. Today, we have a fun episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking uh, about the story of Eternum uh, and what it takes to tell a really great story inside an MMO. So we'll kind of go over, uh, we have a few announcements that we're going to make. Uh, we're going to talk about the news, what's been happening uh, lately with New World. Uh, and then the feature review of today will be all about quest design within New World and how they're going about telling their story. We'll talk a little bit about the lore and what we know so far uh, before we even start the game. Um, and then finally, we're going to fall into our opinion segment, which is where we're going to discuss a little bit about how you actually tell compelling stories in video games. And, and, and not just in video games, but MMOs specifically. Um, where do you get that really engaging content? Because I think that can be actually pretty hard to find. But we're going to talk about it later in the show. Until then, gentlemen, how's your week been? Uh, it's been good. It was good to uh, meet up over the weekend. That's, that was kind of nice. Um, for those who don't know, Slacker doesn't live super close to us, so he came into town and we got to hang out, so that was fun. Um, played some board games. We played Dune, and, uh, who won again? Who won the majority of the board games? (laughs) Big Papa and I won, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who who won the majority of the board games? I I can't remember. You know what? I think we were feeling bad for you, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. We let you win on purpose. I'm not sure. Yeah, I had a meeting <laughs> about it before. <laughs> so. uh, Actually, Big Papa, didn't you win every single game we played? Yeah, you did. We, I did. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah we played annoying. three, I think, total, and I won every <laughs> two of them. Cosmic one. Encounters, yeah. Champions of Midgard, and Dune. Yeah, they were all really great games. Great games, and yeah, fun to play with. Uh, fun to see a slacker, and it's a good time. So let's um, let's start with. Uh, a couple of announcements real quick. Uh, just so you guys are aware, we are going to be starting a Discord server for Eternum Radio. Um, you're going to find that link on our Twitter account so you can get invited in and get into the conversation. We'll also post it along with wherever we're promoting uh, our show. And so it should be really easy for you to find. But on there, we're going to be holding um, all of our polls, discussions, announcements, uh, and all the like right there in one nice convenient place. So if you want to kind of stay up to date uh, and stay involved with us and be a part of our company and help us name our company or pick the faction, uh, as long as it's not Syndicate, then great. Join our Discord. If you think that Syndicate is the right place to go, don't even worry about it. You'll have support among us. You'll have a lot of support for Syndicate. Yes, you will. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to uh, the New World News. Um, Alpha Keys went out. Uh, so things in the alpha are still happening. Seems like things had been dying down a little bit, so they sent out another batch of alpha keys before the next, uh, before beta gets started. Uh, who got alpha keys here again? Any any of us? Uh, <laughs> yeah, rub I, it in. I guess the extra special oh, people right. got alpha keys, but <laughs> <laughs> I got an alpha key. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's awesome. Loved it. Loved it. But we won't be talking about the content. Yeah, what what were your thoughts so far on uh, Alpha, playing it again? I love it. It's you know yeah, I got a chance to play during the summer preview. Um, 
I can uh, first of all, let me say I understand why the NDA is in place. There's a lot that they're constantly working on and fixing and tuning. Um, and this kind of goes back to one of the things we were talking about last time. I feel like the guys at New World have been very responsive to the community, uh, and they have they, they're listening, taking feedback. Uh, I've already submitted you know everything from bug requests and uh, feature requests inside the alpha forms that you can only get to if you've been in the alpha. Um, I think it's really headed in the right direction. Uh, they got their work cut out for them. I mean, designing an MMO is no small feat, right? I, I, just saying you want to build an alpha game or an MMO game is, you know, saying, hey, let's go, let's build a game, let's go climb Mount Everest while we're at it. Um, really intensive. There's a lot of work to be done, uh, but I can, you can certainly tell that they're doing that work. And every time I've stepped into a Terranum, I got to play in a summer preview and I got to play in a very, very early preview of New World. Every time I've done it, it's been very different, but the game remains just as beautiful. If you watch the trailers, uh, if you watch the content that they've put out, it looks great. And I think that's what's continually drawing me back to New World as opposed to some of the other MMO titles is that it is, uh, for lack of a better word, a next-gen MMO, right, by all regards. Uh, new graphics, smoother animations, um, just kind of that natural next step, especially coming from a background of World of Warcraft, which has that kind of cartoony, very bright colors, kind of a feel, and then moving to this, oh, it's very refreshing, uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. But we'll talk more in depth about that when we hit the beta. Including new systems for PvP and all that, just to add on to, like, the next generation of MMOs. That's one thing I've noticed. I, I did have a couple yeah. questions. One main, main, main question here, after making the build last week and trying out the weapons this week do you have a new favorite or a new idea for a build i do um i i got a chance to play around with each of the, i've tried playing with each of the weapons at least a little bit and i've had a couple that i have landed on uh and i'm not going to tell you what they are yet <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. Save it. okay wow but it, it was not what i initially had put down at all i think i'm using well one of the weapons i'm i'm still using i'm still using the hatchet the hatchet was just as fun as i thought it was gonna be you're but switching I, to musket aren't you from i bow. did move i did move <laughs> away from the bow yeah i don't know i don't know what that other weapon is you'll have to wait yeah. and find out fair enough i tell you what if you get in the alpha if you, if any of our listeners have received alpha keys you should absolutely join the discord so we can play together and run some content together um there's a lot of discovery that's happening right now, uh, and it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, mind you, there the the there is a lot of people who are leaving the alpha right now to say, hey, I don't want to burn out before beta comes out or before uh, launch happens, so I'm going to step away. And I think that's why they launched the next uh, you know group saying, hey, we need more. <laughs> don't stop playing. We need more alpha people. Um, so if you get a chance to get a key, let me know. If you want an alpha key, you need to go to the New World's website, uh, and you can register that you want to participate uh, in alphas um, at this time. Lots of people have put their names in there, but they haven't received it. But, I mean, it's always worth a shot. So how much longer is the alpha going on? When do they officially oh. plan to shut it down? Well, beta is what? In what, two weeks? Uh, two and a half, yeah. So not much longer. Um I've actually kind of hit a spot in the alpha where I feel pretty comfortable with everything that I've kind of seen and tried out so far. So I'll probably slow down playing here as well too, um, just because I don't want to just I don't want to spoil everything. But certainly have gotten a good feel for how the combat system works, and it is what it sells, guys. Uh, it is a unique feel um, than you have done with tab targeting. This is, it goes back to our conversation we had last time. 
tab targeting is it, it's a dying breed of combat and while um it certainly has been spiced up in years past just it's really tough to compare that to an action rpg mmo because that just feels great really really good yeah i think there will always be at least one solid tab targeting mmo out there though i have a hunch that that as long as there's a player base for it there's always going to be at least one good one as long as wow exists <laughs> yeah, right, right, or final fantasy enough. as it makes it final fantasy is doing triumphant. pretty well world of yeah, warcraft's going to be around another 50 years i'm sure so uh that game is never going to die People just, well, we still got to see Mr. Pandaria much. Classic, and then right, you know, that's right. It'll live <laughs> on in Trainer one form classic, or another. <laughs> Shadowlands Classic. As long as they don't ever release the Group Finder, then I'm sure Classic will live on. Oh no, they'll. I'm sure they'll re-implement it. Oh. Just... <laughs> no, that was that was the death of WoW. Um, okay, so let's talk about our uh, a big feature review. So let's talk about quest design within new world now um new world has come out and said hey when we looked at quest design there were four key pillars that we were going to design these quests on because when you play an mmo quests are what you're doing you know 75 percent of the time until you hit max level the other 25 being maybe traveling maybe buying and selling whatever but quests make up the bulk of your leveling experience um and so i think that designing a good quest system is very integral uh, to how much fun people have playing your game uh, and specifically how much fun people will have playing new world so they declared that there were four main pillars that they're standing on one they want their quests to give players identity and purpose two they want to immerse players in a ternum Three, they want to provide consistent activities for players. And four, they want to highlight special moments and celebrate progression with their questing system. Now, in order to facilitate this, they've done some recent changes, and this has all been posted on live. So everything that I will be talking about today has, has all been revealed through official channels, and none of this is uh, revealing anything in the alpha. But they have added quest variety and new objectives. They've improved the starting experience. They added voiceover and improved dialogue. They've introduced new characters, regions, enemies, and they've added quests for unique weapons and armor. So with questing being a very integral part of MMO, I'm curious, what are you guys' favorite questing memories uh, or, or questing experiences versus your least favorite? Okay, so in, in general, um, I've grown to hate questing if it doesn't have a purpose at least i think it'd be a great way to tell a story um but i i when i think about questing probably my best memories come from world of warcraft like vanilla and classic um, it actually felt like you had to go out in the world and prepare and do something and then come back and it actually felt like your character was progressing questing in modern world of warcraft is just i i don't even know what it is at this point it doesn't serve much of a purpose other than to, to maybe tell a story uh but even then you only get these big story moments here and there and the rest is just kind of feeling like filler content that's what i don't want the question to be is just filler content in order to level up uh, leveling up should be a fun experience it shouldn't just be a grind that you have to get through in order to get to an end game content system well, and that's the problem is most players nowadays just they don't care about the stories. They're just trying to get to end game. They're just trying to get 
to the, to max level so they can do the in-game content because that's what is most fun about WoW. And so the questing system becomes just a, uh, you know, sitting uh, something on the sidelines that you just have to do to, as quick as possible. Or just queue up for the group finder and just dungeon do dungeons so you can level up. So the questing, is, you know, it just becomes stale and there's no one cares about the stories. You're... you're you're not doing it for that. Uh, one of my one of my favorite experiences in questing uh, was Guild Wars Two, and I, I brought this MMO up a couple mm. times. They they did they kind of changed it up a little bit. They their quests weren't your you know you go and talk to someone and I mean you had that, but it was like you did these hubs right, and so you you had someone who had a a few tasks they needed to get done. You'd go and do it and. You know, eventually you'd complete all their tasks and you get experience. But you know, and that's that's your your generic questing, I guess. But what I liked about Guild Wars Two was they had these dynamic events, and so every so often in the world something would happen, some world boss or some event in the region, and anyone could come and participate and get some experience based on how much contribution they put into it. And it made the world feel feel alive. Uh, it made it feel like things were always happening. I think maybe the events happened too much, but you know that's just a minor critique. It was still really fun because I'd be questing, I'd be helping some dude out in the middle of this forest, and then suddenly this random event happens, and now I have to uh, I, I can put that to the side and go do this random event real quick with all these guys, other other players in the in the world, and you know it felt. It just it felt fun. We didn't have to group up. It was we just, a cool experience. It was. It was pretty cool. And yeah. on top of that, they had each region had a completion bar essentially, <laughs> um, and it, not just for quests, but for the world events and for uh, jumping puzzles and for all sorts of little, a couple other types of puzzles. I can't remember everything, but essentially, you know. If you completed everything in that region, you hit 100% and it marked it on your map. And it was pretty satisfying. Now, some people might not like that. But for completionists, that's a very satisfying thing <laughs> to see, hey, I completed this region. I can, you know, I know I'm done. I can move on. And I did everything, not just the quests. I did the jumping puzzles and the, you know, whatever else there were. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I would love to see something like that. Um I questing can get very stale. It's very repetitive a lot of times. World of Warcraft, I know, like it it sounds horrible on paper when you think about it. You're gonna do the exact same three quests. You're gonna do a fetch quest. You're gonna do a kill quest. You're gonna do an escort quest, and you're gonna do that like a thousand plus times in order to level up. You're gonna do the exact same three quests across multiple different zones. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that gets stale. So having something like that to kind of mix it up. Um, as part of the questing and leveling experience would, would be great. Uh, I, I don't like when I have to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again uh, as part of a quest. Uh, it's, right. it's just not great design. You don't and, even read the quest text at, at that point. You don't even read it anymore. Right, People yeah, just you go, don't you even care. They're like, you, you accept like, it. Go you kill this, it. go get me this, and, and uh, then keep me safe while I move to this place. In, in <laughs> Classic, at least you had to at least read it to find the direction you had to go, north, south, yeah. east, or west, to, That's to find the person, right? In, in, in retail, it just... It shows you on your mini map, you know. But even in classic nowadays, people are getting quests, you know, add-ons to to just make it fast. But but that at least back then you had to read something, and it's and it was new and fresh. And I think nowadays you almost have to go with voice acting. You almost have to do that to make it intriguing and to actually have people engage with the story. Maybe not, but 
you know, that's one thing I see in, in World of Warcraft too is it's all text still, except right. for certain, you know, videos or, or in-game, you know, clips of, you know, story quests. Right. Well, and it's interesting that you bring that up with the reading the text. When, when I first started playing uh, World of Warcraft Classic, even though I've done a lot of those quests before, I actually did it with without the add-ons that point you directly where to go. I read the quest text, and I had a lot more fun trying to rediscover these areas that I hadn't been to in well over a decade mm-hmm. and trying to figure out where things were. I, I think that can be fun uh, your first time through, but again, if the task starts to get monotonous, then you just stop caring and you right. just start scanning through to figure out where you have to go. Once right? you hit the grind, you, you, once yeah. you hit that grind too, you you stop caring. Yeah. So let me play devil's advocate for just a moment here. You know, we, we we've reamed on retail. Wow, you're pretty good. <laughs> but I will say that in retail World of Warcraft, even though it is a extremely hand-holding experience when you're doing the leveling. Uh, you, if you play Shadowlands, you're going to engage with the world of Shadowlands far more than you ever did with Burning Crusade. The quests that you do have a lot more meaning to tell the story of the zone. The downside is that as soon as I leave that zone, that story is no longer relevant to me, and that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but I am leveling up, and in retail, it is now, in my opinion, strictly serving the purpose of telling the story because you will continue to do the questing well after you've hit level cap uh, until you've gone and done, uh, finished the storyline, and now you can go on and do the end game content, even though you've already hit level cap. See, that's um, fair, because when I did Shadowlands, I actually was engaged with the story. I was really interested about this new realm and the what happens after death in this world. They do a good and, job And it that. was fascinating. And all the each region you went to, that was really cool. Learning about it and who the leaders were and what the dynamics were and the politics. That was really good. Right. And that's fair. That's a very good point because in classic, most of the storylines are, are, you know, small, minor things. They don't have to necessarily do with an entire region or an entire or the world itself right and and the, so world of warcraft has this really strong uh main storyline the issue is that you can't progress in world of warcraft without doing that main storyline period full stop it will not let you continue to go do other quests or explore the rest of the world until you've continued doing these very set quests that it's put in front of you now on the opposite end of this spectrum you have MMOs that don't even have quests. Some initial to get you started, but sure. But if you've played the MMO Albion Online, which is actually a really good MMO, which is a very PvP-centric, player-based economy game, um, there are no quests for you to do. You go out into the world and you see what the world has to offer you every single time you log on for a session. Maybe you're going to go collect wood or, or leather so that you can upgrade your gear. So you go out to go do those collectings and these events happen or you run into players. And so it's a very um, active experience whenever you're out and in the world. So certainly questing is optional to have a great MMO. It is. It, you, it, you don't have to have it. Um, but what New World has done 
is it has given us kind of the best of both worlds where it provides a main storyline that immerses you in the story of Eternum and you get to learn about the groups of enemy that occupy the land. You meet powerful friends and enemies and you, you say, oh man, everything is not as it seems uh, and you meet key characters. But at the same time, at any point in time, you're welcome to go do whatever the heck you want. Maybe you want to go upgrade this gear so you want to go do some farming. All of this is possible with the system that they've created. They really kind of chose, you know, if, if Albion Online is one extreme, and this is sort of like our Skyrim-style play, and then on the flip side of that, you have World of Warcraft, which is extremely kind of linear, or, sorry, World of Warcraft retail, which is very linear, uh, New World seems to fall right smack dab in the middle, in my opinion. Can you gain experience by just uh, harvesting uh, materials or... or leveling up your crafting does that add experience to your overall level let's just say that they've taken a lot of inspiration from skyrim and you can do that in skyrim right okay cool well if they can let's let's just say hypothetically they you gain experience from gathering professions or you know um i think that's cool that it adds to your overall level if you didn't you know if you just want to craft or whatever for whatever reason but then still they separated the combat you know the weapon levels right so you still have to work on those you know you, you you don't get experience for those by just crafting you have to work on that specifically yeah okay that's cool if they did it if they kind of mimicked skyrim's leveling system um i i guess the one thing i would say is is what it comes down to is you know what are you questing for right in an mmo right is it just to level up and then mm. like ruko said it's it's kind of pointless at that point right it's 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 just a gimmick to get you, you know, level. Now, now, if it's for something more than just leveling up, if that's if leveling up and gaining experience is just a side effect of questing, and the purpose you're questing for, right? Like you're actually trying to level up crafting and you get experience, or you are, you know, trying to go through the storyline, or you know, whatever it is, doing PvP, right? Whatever it is, if there's some other goal in mind then i think questing could be you know that's where questing is done right but if it's just to get to end game or just to level up i don't you know i don't think that's then then it's a very great old way of doing things yeah that is the old D D trope right you and your buddies are sitting in a tavern and then someone comes up and he says hey you look like a bunch of adventurers have i got a quest for you my grandmother's heirloom was stolen i need you to fetch it back from the goblin who was just in here Okay, that, that's the old D&D system. And honestly, that's the basis that a lot of these MMOs were built on. That, that you know, that fetch and retrieval because you're adventurers, you're these, you know, save the town, all these kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, well, even is... in D&D, you only gain experience. If you go based off the rules, you only gain experience by killing monsters. And I, as a DM, I never do that. I, I do it based on, on um, hitting certain checkpoints, right, in the story or in the campaign. As a devout D&D player, I I would challenge you on that. I'm almost positive that if your players happen to talk through or skip an encounter because they were smarter than just bull rushing it, then you still award them the XP of that encounter. That's true, but I think you could get more experience gonna, from I'm just... I'm going to check that as soon as we're done with this episode. Um, I think that's <laughs> correct. I don't remember what it says in the rule book, right? We, but, but I do know that killing monsters is the base way you get... Uh, it is, sure. But it also says in, you know, like the um, the GM's book, right, that you can 
you can do it based on checkpoints instead of going off the experience system for killing monsters, which is what I always would rather do because I feel like it's more meaningful and, and you're getting better progression. I don't have to always set up a combat encounter for my players to get experience, right? I can, you know, have, they can have really good social encounters or they can ha travel and, and make, have this awesome journey, you know, and they can get experience that way. Well, and you think about it, D&D, &D, I mean, nobody would play that game if you weren't interested in the story, what was happening in the actual campaign, right? I, that game would be boring if it was some just, people, just some... combat. I, at least I think so. Well, I, my... I wouldn't have fun if I wasn't invested in what I was doing and actually participating in, in going on the quest within D&D. Yeah, I agree with you. I would. I was just gonna say that Slacker, Slacker and I have had experience with people before who just want to fight. <laughs> they just want to oh, do right. combat. And and listen, that's fair. And there's people, you know, there's DMs out there for that, and there's players out there for that. And that's that's a fun thing. It's you know, that's combat is a big part of the game. But just you know, it, it, I had an experience once where I was like, hey, we're going through this dungeon and we're getting attacked by rats, right? And I, and I had I built a guy that was all about talking his way out of things and he i just cast a sleep spell i want to avoid the fight right I, we have to hurry up to get to this to save these children right so i cast a sleep spell the rats are asleep i say let's go and i remember hearing an audible sigh from one person in particular because <laughs> he wanted to just he built this paladin and he just wanted to knock rat heads around you know and it was like it's like dude you know that's knock like, some heads around right and you know and i get that you want to do combat we'll do it but you know we're playing this like let's Let's. I want to be immersed and and play the way my character you know is, was designed to play and and you know and and the story is more important to me than the combat. But anyway, yeah, that that that's just funny side thing there. I think it's fair to say though that, that taking those lessons that you learn as you know as you play Dungeons and Dragons and you apply them into an MMO, uh, the storytelling is fairly stale. I have never played an MMO where I had to talk my way out of the situation, mainly because it's very difficult to program. Uh, that, that, that's a very difficult thing to implement into an MMO, and I understand that, and I get that. So if you're questing uh, what purpose does that serve, well, having New World line out why you are questing what they and what their intentions are is really comforting to me. Again, those four pillars give players identity and purpose, uh, immerse players in a Ternum, get be a part of the storyline, provide consistent activities for players. So there's always something to do. There's always something you're working towards, uh, even when you're you know in those stale levels between 30 and 40 or whatever it is. It's kind of you know every MMO has those levels that you're just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is the meat of it. I can't wait to get to endgame, but I'm not there yet. Uh, and then that final kicker is highlighting the special moments and celebrating the progress that you're making through the story. So I think all these can contribute together to make a really much more meaningful questing experience rather than a repetitive, hey, go slay 30 birds, and you come back. Okay, good job. Now go slay 30 pigs. Like, oh, gosh, okay. And you go slay 30 pigs, and he's like, okay, now go slay, slay uh, 30 rhinos. But this time I need you to bring me five of these hooves. And you're like, oh, those have a terrible <laughs> drop rate. Oh, yeah. no. You know, and that is, you know, that, it's a very... Uh, archaic way now that MMOs are functioning and you need to be able to step up your game the question is that we will answer when the beta happens is did they do it the right way did they step up the game enough where questing feels engaging uh, and rewarding and not 
uh, not stale. And there's one more thing I just want to add here. It's something that I absolutely love that they made a special note of is that they have quests for specific armor and weapons. And I loved that in World of Warcraft Classic. When you went on this deep quest line or uh, when you went to forge Ragnaros's hammer, what was that? What was that? Um, uh, you can only do it in Iron Forge. You know what I'm talking about? The, the big spiky paladin mace? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. There was a very it was a very legendary experience to do this quest and to get that. And they've teased that they're going to do something like that as well. If that's the case, man, oh, I love weapons of Frostmorn, uh the gla- glaives of Azanoth from World of Warcraft. These these weapons with names that are legendary that you know of, I really think that gives a lot of um, depth to a world. Yeah, I, I I agree. I really like that system. I like these big long epic quests where you you get a big reward at the end for doing it and you it usually those quests tell a good story along the way um so you're getting rewarded you're getting experience you're learning about the world uh, it's it's a win-win-win scenario so I, I hope they do add things like that not only that i think that something like that fits in with their highlight special moments and celebrate progression pillar um and that's that's really what i'm interested in the most mm, out of those me too. Um, is, is how do you make people feel good about leveling up? Um, e- even even though like World of Warcraft vanilla was archaic and, and things like that, I, I've got a million stories just from questing and leveling up my character from that just because opportunities were able to present itself in, in the world through other players a lot of times. And I, I that's that's what I really like about video games is having a story to tell at the end of the day. If I can walk away with the story, I, I've had a great, yes. great time. And I, I want to see something like that where I, I can get done with the session New World and be like, that was awesome. I have this story to tell people now, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm real curious about the new player experience. Uh, I, 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 I just have a couple questions about like how that's going to work. Where do you spawn? Is it always the same place? Do you, do you pick a spawn play, point? Do, can players control the area you spawn in? I imagine so. And if so, do you, you know, imme- like as a faction or as a company, do you want to control the areas where low new players are coming in? Or do you want to control, hi- you know, the higher level zones, right? Where Well, I'm just curious about how all that interaction is going to come into play Um as you know, both leading a company and being a new player, and like, oh, I spawned in this zone, and they have a high tax rate just to try to, you know, get the new players because they have no idea, <laughs> you know, what right. what is a good tax rate. So, so boom, you know, I want to move to this new territory, but then can I? I don't know if, and maybe this is something they've they've talked about, Slacker. Maybe it's not, but um, you know, I'm I don't know if if each uh, region has different. Is like a different level, you know, experience level, or or is everything scaled to your level, or or you know, are you scaled to its level when you go into a new area? Kind of like some other MMOs, like ESO or Guild Wars Two. All these answers in good time. I can't say it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's public knowledge that um, the territories do have set level groups, but okay. the lot of diversity in that. Uh, you could spend quite a wh- quite a while in just one territory, at least I've found, um, with the content that was kind of laid out. So uh, 
a lot of answers will be there. If you also want to find out some of these answers or you're curious listeners, um, be sure to join us on uh, on our Discord channel. We'll be chatting more in depth, not about the alpha per se, uh, but we'll be able to help and guide people who are newer to the game and uh, make sure you guys are all set, set off on the right path. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you've, you're already in a bit deeper <laughs> than an average new player, uh, but don't be afraid to reach out and ask for help. So, um, oh, and to find that Discord, you can find that on our. We're gonna put up a permanent link on our, uh, our on our Twitter at Aeternum underscore Radio, uh, and you can find us there by that red and black logo. Um, but those are good questions, and I think those are fair questions. Um, uh, I personally think that uh, you, Big Papa, will be pleasantly surprised. I know I have been. Um, just playing in the alpha has been a really great experience, um, and I'm excited to share those details in the future. Yeah, I will say, the, doing this podcast has really increased my excitement levels for playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too. And I was already very high, very, I was already very excited when we started, and now I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm through the moon, I'm super, I'm pumped. Um, this is probably going to be a mainstay for me for, for quite a while. Uh, so let's dive into our next segment of, uh, of the day, of the podcast. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about lore today. And, and what I want to dive into is uh, what is the story uh, as we understand it right now? Uh, this is before we've launched the game, before you've set foot on Aeternum. What do we know about the world and, and what do we understand? Um, the Who are some of the key players? And if you kind of go back through, the best resource so far has been in my opinion, the New World's uh, YouTube page. And there's been a lot of content that they dropped in there. But you have to pay attention. you got to kind of read between the lines. Uh, and there's been a lot of discussion. So here's what we know. We know that Aeternum promises eternal life. Uh, this, is, this is that fountain of youth. This is that, you know, during the Age of Exploration, all these people s- you know, sought out um, this new world you know hey look there's a name um looking for new starts new beginnings and riches and golds and power uh and eternal life and aeternum was fulfilling that promise now aeternum is a mysterious island that's cloaked in mystery um that actually from what we've gathered from some of the narrative uh designers that have spoken out we talked about this in a previous episode Aeternum actually moves. Uh, it doesn't. It's not in one place. It actually moves around the world, kind of cloaked in shadows, cloaked in this mystery. And it's almost timeless. And people who have arrived at Aeternum um, are there for ages. Uh, and, you know, time comes and goes. So if you watch the introduction, the, the official trailer, you'll see Roman soldiers first step foot, and they're looking for power, and they find this red amulet. And when they go to grab it, they're instantly corrupted and something in Aeternum is gone rotten that this this ever-flowing power this gift of eternal life something is corrupted and it's actually called corrupted in the storyline this is one of our main villains is we got to figure out why things are being corrupted and why it's spreading it's spreading like the plague it's spreading like COVID-19 ah look modern (laughs) reference um but it, it it's it we're trying to figure out we have to keep this at bay because if the corruption overtakes Aeternum, it'll overtake the old world and thus will be the end uh, of, you know, of everything. So you have this kind of some key principles, things that we know. 
major players so far. One, there's this red gem that first gets taken from, uh, you watch the official trailer, gets taken. You see this red gem later on a character who we've seen a few times now who is named Isabella. She looks like this uh, Spanish, she's got black, black straight hair, her eyes are glowing red, and she's actually wearing this medallion, I'm pretty sure. I, maybe I need to be corrected, but I'm pretty sure she's wearing this medallion. Um, and she seems to be in sync with that corruption. Um, so our travels take us to Eternum. They take us there uh, from, from from us, from the Age of Exploration, to discover something new, and that's kind of where we start our journey. Did I, did I miss anything? No, that sounds about right. So that, yeah, from at least from what we know, right? So I we still speculate a lot. I know you're in the Alpha. Those who are less fortunate don't don't really get to know <laughs> too much about the storyline right now. Uh, but I, it sounds really intriguing. Um, I I like when a story can kind of explain mechanics that are happening in the game, like like respawning, for instance, right? When you watch a mob respawn in the world, it's because you yes. know the island is actually bringing it back to life. Right, and that's right. that's part of the actual story for the game. So I I really think that's um, neat that they can work in lore in into the actual game mechanics in the world. Yeah, that was that was you see that in that Eternum Awaits trailer, the older one. You see the 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 branch stag and the rock bear, and they fight, and then the stag comes back to life in this cool animation. I hope I see that a lot more in the game. And mm. But I, I love that. I love that they've tied it into the lore of their game. And I'll just say that those trailers were really well done. Definitely intriguing. Uh, and yeah, I saw that rock bear and I was like, oh yeah, that looks sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever that was. <laughs> well, and the other really great part, and why I'm so, I'm so excited about lore dives after release, so we can talk about a lot of this more in depth, but um, Aeternum has a lot of mysteries for us to discover there. Um, there's a lot of stories that are peppered in. You, you know, we have massive wikis full of information from Final Fantasy, full of information from Warcraft, but here's a fresh new IP with new characters, new stories, new mysteries, new discoveries, and all that. They've, they've been very pointed in saying, pay attention, uh, because we're going to be uh, you're gonna quickly find out that things are not as they seem, that that things are are, are are kind of unraveling as you play through this, and as you see the way that they've set it up, it absolutely lends itself to creating great stories for many 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 expansions to come. Yeah. Um. So this the the island is eternal. People from all ages can arrive at any time on Eternum. So whether it's feudal Japan or it's Roman legions or it's, you know, uh, Persian immortals, we can explore all those possibilities within Eternum. Um, and if you even look at the Eternum map, we haven't even discover discovered the whole of the island. There's still so much left to be discovered, so much left to be explored. And I personally... personally I'm extremely looking forward um, to seeing what unfolds at Shattered Mountain because that seems to be the precipice, the heart of the corruption, and I cannot wait to find out why. One one comment in that Eternum Awaits trailer, it shows a bunch of NPCs attacking a fort. And, and I just thought to myself, wouldn't it be sick if 
that was an actual event, in-game event, where you get attacked by the actual creatures in your area because they become corrupted or something. Um, not only are you trying to stop people, players, from undermining your territory, but you have random NPC events you have to fight against. I think that would be so cool. That, so uh, cool. The- that reminds me of Valheim, because Valheim right. has that, right? That's you right. You have your little fort, and then uh, occasionally you get attacked by waves of enemies. And it was based uh, on fort. who you had. I think it was based on the bosses you had killed up until that point. You were getting attacked yeah, I, I think so. by different mobs. Okay. So this article was released April 9th of 2020. I had to Google it before I said anything, because <laughs> Big Papa, you get exactly what you want. Yeah. Um, so, a tournament is a mysterious and hostile land where you will go to fight to get a foothold and must be ready to defend it from invading forces, human and supernatural. In New World, when the forces of corruption have amassed enough strength in a territory, they lay siege to the fort. This is called an invasion. During the battle, the defenders must protect their fort against escalating waves of enemies. If the fort if the forces defending the fort are successful, the corrupted army is repelled and the battle is won. If, on the other hand, the fort falls, the territory suffers and loses some upgrades, such as crafting stations, fort gates, or fort turrets. The higher the territory's level, the more items get downgraded. Mm. Post-battle, the corruption retreats to replenish their force, and the fort re- resets itself, restoring any structures that were destroyed. Don't spend too long upgrading your territory again, though as invasions occur approximately every four days. Oh wow, that's that's quite often. That's pretty cool. That's exactly what I. Hopefully, that's not too often, but but I think that's a great idea. Um, I think that will definitely keep players engaged. That will definitely keep players, you know, interested in defending their forts and 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 sticking to a company and help. You know, I think that's an awesome idea because it's not just well, we talked PvP about that, driven. Like, it's like. Yeah, it's that investment in, in in a in a territory, in a town. Yeah. And you're like, this is I have a player house here. I'm defending it. I had to defend it from an invasion yesterday, and then tomorrow we got to be on because another company is going to try and take it from us from the freaking uh, what's the yellow faction called? Covenant. Covenant. The Covenant's yeah. going to try and take it from us, and I think that's going to create a very um, lifelike feel to this world. And what's most important to me is is this is not. This reminds me of the uh, of the classic days of World of Warcraft, where I was looking for groups. I was looking for people to join me in my quests, in my adventures. If this if these features were to come out in retail World of Warcraft, these would be instant content that you queue up for, you get put into, and you just spam these until you get enough of the rewards you want, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. This is not what that is. This is uh, a very fresh experience, and I'm look, really looking forward to the day to messaging you guys and saying, hey, are you guys going to be on tonight? Because don't forget, we have an invasion. You'd be like, ah, my mother-in-law's in town. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. And they're like, dude, you got to be there. We need you. That creates that social experience that made me fall in love with the World of Warcraft. Yeah. That social engagement, it's there. It's there. I'm so happy. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm really looking forward to it. And it fits well with the lore, right? I, I like when... It does events or the lore drives events within the world so that's going to be nice to have in in an mmo uh, you don't always get that in in a lot of other games where you have events that are driven by other things that are happening in the world they're supposed to be happening in the world uh, usually you learn about a story and then you know you're kind of like well shouldn't this thing be happening or, or whatnot based on what we know 
and it, it's nice to see developers actually taking that into account and and bringing it into the game yeah i agree absolutely okay let's move on uh to our final segment of the night or day whenever you're listening to this podcast um let's talk about how you tell really compelling stories in video games and then specifically in mmos and i want to start this conversation off by asking you guys do you have any video games that you've played that has made an impact on you due to its story probably i mean video games in general um i mean probably the or is there a specific one the legend of zelda series um for me i i have played those games since i was a kid and um i don't know for me that's the first time i i experienced a good story from a video game and i knew that uh that that's what I I wanted to do. I mean, the entire reason I probably play video games today still is from playing um, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time on the Nintendo 64. Uh, that really sparked my interest and really showed me how you can take gameplay mechanics and wrap them into an interesting and evolving story um, with you know with twists and things like that. I mean, when I when I was a kid, I when Link pulls a Master Sword out of the stone, <laughs> I'm like, oh moment. great, I I feel great. I'm doing the quest and then suddenly tables flip and Ganondorf shows up to ruin your day right and uh that that right there was just impactful for me um in showing how video games could engage me in a way I didn't think was possible so yeah my my first experience of just being awestruck by a video game was probably when Halo came out. <laughs> I mm, must have been. Yeah. Oh, I was young. That's a good one. Yeah. I was young, and my cousin's mom took us to the to. I, it must have been GameStop. <laughs> I can't remember, but took us to GameStop, and the guy had the gall to ask her, "You know, this is mature, right?" <laughs> and she was like, "Just, <laughs> just give me the damn game," you know. <laughs> she, and she. Uh, Anyway, we played that all night. That was such a, I mean, I, it was such an engaging story playing that campaign. You were, you know, and and the events that happened and the isolation you felt and the oh, just and the mystery of the halo and then the different fat right that you not only had the covenant but then you discovered the flood. So cool, so scary for for my age and and it was it was just well done and and. Um, yeah, no, that was my first, I think, experience of really being engaged in a story in a video game, um, and all the way through. I, I, those are both really, really good examples, and I've had really great experiences with both of those. I would say that one of mine, um, a more recent one, was, uh, gosh, I, uh, I, I recently married, uh, maybe we were a year or two in, uh, we just got, I just got the PlayStation 3, said, hey, I'm going to go down to Redbox and just rent a game because uh, everything I had was kind of stale. And I got Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I plugged that puppy in, and I could not put it down. Uh, and I think that that was more, more than just the story that was there was the way that that game immersed me in its content, uh, from sailing the ship to upgrading uh, my, everything from my gear to my, uh, my, my ship. It was just... It was a full experience, and I, I played that so freaking much that once I was done, uh, I, I played it all the way through the campaign. I, I felt the campaign was way too short because I, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is over. I 
is there going to be a sequel? Like, <laughs> I want another. Um, spoiler alert, there wasn't. I mean, unless you count the next <laughs> Assassin's Creed on the wrong line of Assassin's how, Creed. How many Assassin's Creed games are there? There's no <laughs> Black lot. Flag 2. No. Uh, but there were. it was very, very cool to be playing through that game, and then suddenly a character shows up, and it's Blackbeard. Or, uh, you know, you, you're still forging your own path through the story. Um, and then, of course, Assassin's Creed has its own... Uh, story, you know, where you're going back in time and you're, you know, you're reliving the memories Spoiler of your ancestors. Alert. <laughs> well, you, if you don't know that by now, then you've missed the boat on the Assassin's Creed franchise. <laughs> That's true. I, I only yeah. ever played the first one and not even all the way through, unfortunately. So, but Black Flag was really, really good. I loved the pirate motif and I think they just nailed the theme. They nailed the experience uh, to have the mobility of Assassin's Creed to run up uh, my, um, the what do you call that long wooden post at the top of your sail right long across that on the top of your sail of your boat to dive off the mast into the enemy's ship well not the mast because the mast goes up and down i'm talking about it goes left or right on top of the stern i no, i don't know my you don't know what it is i don't know what, don't it, know what, it, what is. it is <laughs> what are you uh, the plank is that what you're talking about diving no, i'm just kidding no. i have no idea what you're talking is, about is that it created a really immersive experience for me that i I lost myself in it. And there have been multiple, multiple games that I've played where the experience is so immersive um, that I get lost in it. And I love to explore the world and I do all these things. And if the game is designed correctly, me exploring the world is adequately rewarded and progresses the story as aside from me feeling like, oh, I guess I got to get back to the main storyline. Another great example was Red Dead Redemption 2. This is open world where it's like, today, I'm going to go rob a train. (laughs) And <laughs> you go do it, right? And that's such a fun, uh, to me, that creates really, really fun storytelling uh, opportunities. It's just how they immerse you into the world. Yeah, I, I would say more recently for me, at least, um, like God of War and Horizon Zero Dawn. Those oh, probably yeah. The, bo- both of those were phenomenal in storytelling and uh, re- really immersed me. And like you said, I couldn't, I couldn't put either one of those down once I started playing them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I called him to, to work a couple of times to keep playing God of War. So, um, <laughs> okay, Ruko, so let me hit you with this question then to follow up. Have you ever had that experience in an MMO? I, I and probably when I first start playing it, um, but it, it really depends how well the story is being told. Uh, really, that that's probably the main drive for me in um, a lot of at least single player games if I can't get into the story of the game I'm gonna put it down and not and not touch it again uh, you were talking about Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed origin I played uh, a couple years ago and I just I just couldn't get in the story I don't think it was a terrible story I just okay, specifically black flag okay I cannot uh, say much about the rest of the Assassin's Creed series, but Black Flag is fantastic. Please continue. Okay, well, yeah, it, or, Origins was a totally different game. It's not even an Assassin's Creed game anymore. It's just an RPG game where you that tells a, a story. But I, I think it's a lot harder to do that in an MMO because you want to feel special in a main story campaign, right? The problem is you see literally everybody else doing the exact same thing as you right and it, it's kind of hard to create that that feeling of being special so it's a lot of fun when the world is new and you don't know much about it and you get to go out and explore and learn about it and that that's compelling initially um but if you don't have something to keep driving you to learn more about the world and part, part of that is like you know you're gonna have some mystery 
with the story, but you're also going to get some of the answers back. I mean, that's a that's a good balance to have in a game, is to have some mystery, but also give some answers along with it. it, it it's going to help people to like the story, and though, um, I mean, World of Warcraft, if you played the Warcraft games before that, you were invested in the story going into that game. Um, whereas New World... We'll, we'll see. We don't really have a backstory or anything like that, so we're starting fresh. And I think it's going to be fun to kind of learn about the world, and, and I hope it does hook me and, and get that feeling where I want to just keep playing it all the time. So let's talk about that, though, for a second, because I think you hit on a pretty interesting point. When you talk about um, the way they approach the storytelling inside an MMO, I've particularly seen there's one of two approaches that uh, an MMO will go about. Either one... Um, you are the you are the hero, you are the leg, you are the chosen one, and you along with everybody else you're playing with, you are all the chosen one, the champion, the hero, whatever, and it's because of you that the world is saved, and everybody else who does the same quest line, right? Right. Um, or it's about the legendary people that you're helping, that you're giving aid to, and you're following their story because uh, World of Warcraft used to be about the the people, right? You, yeah. you used to be all about Thrall and Jaina and Garrosh and what he was doing. Uh, and Garrosh was actually the first MMO um, uh, character that was introduced in an MMO and had a full character story arc happen all within an MMO, all the way up to being a raid boss. Uh, spoiler alert, right? Um, <laughs> he he was probably the first one that had that full cycle, and I actually didn't really connect with him very very well. That might have been the issue that I wasn't playing very consistently during uh, Warlords of Draenor, who who was, um, but uh, <laughs> it, it um, the point is is it is it what's what's the right way of tell of, of keeping people engaged? Is it is it you are part of this army that is cheering on? the legendary NPC or is it better when you're the center of attention, but then it's also, well, so are the other 60 people in the raid. They're going to see the cinematic from their point of view. They're also equally as special to you, but you're also special, you know, feels very millennial way about going about it. Yeah. I, I think I prefer the, the first way where you have characters and you know, they're important and you are kind of helping them along their path. Um, that doesn't mean you're not a hero and doesn't mean you're not impactful, but it also does make more sense in the context of MMO because other people can help that person as well. Um, I, I think about, like, when we talk about Warcraft, the entire story of Arthas and the becoming the Lich King. Now, most of that story gets told before World of Warcraft, but you finish it off in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And I still I, and I still remember the first time going into the raid where you fight that character, it's still epic. Even though you're being led by another person and you still have another, uh, like you have an entire NPC who's supposed to be helping you in the final fight that just gets frozen at the beginning and does nothing, but it it still feels epic and it still feels awesome. And so I, I think it's possible to do that, but I, I mean, when everybody's special in MMO, then kind of nobody no is, is, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't feel as engaged with that moment. Yeah, so I, I think it's better to have the story focused around um, an external NPC in an MMO, and then you're, you're assisting them. You're still participating, you're still shaping the story, but it makes more sense in the context of an MMO. 
and it can still feel great in order. Uh, you can still have those big story moments with that. Yeah, uh, being the hero in WoW never clicked with me. It it always just felt gimmicky because I knew that everyone else was the hero too, right? And I, and I think right. part of that goes into I I prefer as I think I prefer less instant stuff, like as little instanced events as possible, because like we were talking about earlier, you know, bring in more dynamic world things, have it be more PvP driven, and I think that's something New World is doing, and I'm really excited for because like Slacker was saying, I think it was the last episode we were talking about, you know, are are the stories told by the players or is it told by the NPCs, right? And you can have a great IP, and that's one thing Blizzard did great, right, is they they fleshed out their own unique IP. Now there are books about it, right, in, in, in the real world, and there's so much lore, and it's fascinating, and things have changed in-game, and they can ch- continually build their story in-game, and it's, it's fantastic, right? But I... I one thing... There's another MMO out there, one that we haven't really discussed on this podcast, but that's Eve Online. And where do the stories? What are the stories oh, you hear about Eve? Eve yeah. Right? It's always player driven. I haven't yeah. played Eve enough to know what, how much story content they have. Right? I, I so so to be fair, there might be some really interesting stories told, you know, by the game or by NPCs within the game. But the it is like far and above player driven i i remember being in high school in my physics class physics class and my teacher was telling me the story that was in the news about because he played eve about how some and you guys have probably heard this before some guy infiltrated one of the biggest factions in you know player created fa- guilds or factions in the game um he rose up in the ranks be, he became one of the like bodyguards of the one of the biggest player ships like the the leader and set up this coup essentially or set up this event that they come through uh a, you know a wormhole they come through into a new system and boom there's an ambush waiting they destroy the mothership or you know the big ship and loot everything and that guy had been hired like a year previous a year or two previous to do that by another rival faction like how <laughs> how awesome is that and that's what yeah. i hope we're gonna it's see literally newsworthy it's newsworthy literally. yeah literally it literally hit the news that's that's what i hope we see in new world i hope be- and it seems like they're trying to set it up that that there are going to be some some player driven you know events and and questing and hopefully some interesting fun player stories can come out of that and uh not you know and 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 you know that's that's excluding any story you know any story driven content which we've talked about here but i think that's that's one way to to tell a good story in a MMO is let the players tell the story. Well, I, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, Eve um, Eve Online has always intrigued me for that exact reason, because the player base essentially is what makes all the stories that come out of that game. And even as somebody who hasn't played it, I mean, I've read about those stories you talked about. I've read about the massive battles that people have had. Mm. Uh, the thing that I think is going to make it difficult to have something like that in New World, though, is you, you have different servers, right? Where Eve is just one giant right. server yes. of people, right? And yep. so you, you only have one server story going forward. Um, because, you know, you're going to have lots of different servers with New World, um, you're you're gonna have lots of different stories on the server, and I think that's still okay. 
that was one of the things I really liked about original World of Warcraft. You had a server identity. You knew people on your server. You knew, um, you know, you could see them talking in trade chat. You could hear stories of all about between guilds on your server and things that were going you on. You could continually get ganked by the same row. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you put them on a list and then you're right. like, if I ever see this guy again. Yeah. Um, I, that type of stuff is awesome. I, I think that makes the world feel more alive and more engaging. Um, and so while maybe you can't necessarily have those player-driven stories on a scale maybe to EVE, as big as EVE, but you can still have them within a server. And and I really do hope that does happen with this with this game. For the record, EVE Online is one of my favorite games of... It's just one of my favorite games. It's so damn good. Uh, the It encourages... Uh, and one of the reasons I really like it is because you are RPing in a sense from the moment you create your character. The way you engage with other people matters in a very real and tangible sense. Joining different companies, uh, be you know, creating your own company, your reputation of your company, all of that, the social game there matters so much. I ran a company once in that game. And a gentleman actually tried to coo us out of all of our says, hey, these guys, are, this is terrible leadership. We're going to take all the stuff and we're going to do our own thing. And we were like, we got to be careful who we hire because we had people come who or people we recruit into our company because we were having people who were trying to get us from the inside out because they didn't like some of the decisions that we had made. And this is all encouraged. This is encouraged behavior by the game. They want you to lie, steal, and cheat because – that's what EVE Online is. It's piracy. It's merchants. It's, you know, I, it blows my mind that you two have not sunk a million hours into this game because it's so <laughs> good. I, I uh, think it's the got a hard learning is, curve, but it's so good. Yeah, the learning curve, yeah. I probably would sink all my time into it. So, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but let me emphasize this point, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, but, but what this discussion has really led me to think is that there certainly is uh, a spectrum, if you will, of MMOs, and that while you can you can absolutely make a slam dunk with a linear storyline, um, in MMOs that golden zone tends to be uh, if 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 linear storyline is on the left hand side and complete complete open sandbox mode is on the right hand side, that golden zone happens right between the middle to leaning towards open sandbox mode, I think. You know, if we were to put MMOs in this scale, the ones where you can tell great stories uh, as players and you can get told a great story by the narrative of a campaign uh, that happens inside the MMO, this is what makes a really compelling um, narrative to partake in in an MMO. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I would. I thought you guys had more feedback. No, that's good. No, I agree with you. I, I mean, you, you've kind of said it all. So to, to be honest, I, I agree with what. I just have one last comment. And that is, yeah. I apologize to any sailors listening to this podcast for the butchering of your vocabulary. <laughs> all of our sailing vocabulary right. comes from Sea of Thieves. I'm pretty sure. So well, we, that game, yeah, we played that game enough that must. we should probably know. We what, probably should. <laughs> what a stern is. is. <laughs> yeah. For the record, we did when we first started playing Sea of Thieves. We said, "Okay, let's identify what the stern side is, starboard, board," and then we we're like, "Forget it." Let's we abandoned that right, real forward, quick. Backward, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> um, 
Cool. Well, thank you everyone for joining us here on this episode of Eternum Radio. We absolutely love putting this together. If you love listening to it, make sure you leave us, uh, you know, rate us on Apple Podcasts or give us a thumbs up. Give us a shout out in the comments. Let us know that you enjoyed it. It means a lot to us. Uh, and if you have any suggestions, things you'd like to see in the future, please let us know. Again, you can join our Discord, be involved with the conversation uh, in between episodes um, and you get a chance to meet us and the crew and we'll be kicking up a company inside new world and we want you to be a part of it so with that uh, i've been slacker i've been absolutely happy to be your host join along with ruko yep and big papa see ya and you guys have a great day y'all take care